Hi Dino, thank you so much for joining us on Black Ink Cinema Podcast. Uh, thank you for having me, appreciate it. I appreciate you for coming on. Before we get into your great film choice, we just want to get to know you a little bit better. So you're a comedian? I am a stand-up comedian, yeah. Hopefully full-time soon. Oh yes, 100%. <laughs> what, what made you get into comedy? So it is, I just always love making people smile and laugh. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, I have an older brother. So when I was growing up, I watching and listening to comedies I shouldn't have been obviously watching and listening to. <laughs> <laughs> like all of us, the amount of things I should have been exposed to that I was is... Um, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just love making people smile and laugh and I just thought, do you know what, at my, at my first job, I just started writing down jokes like, this is what I want to do. I know eventually I want to do it. And then, yeah, 2017, I pursued it, man. So does that, were you always like, a class clown like making people laugh in school and stuff like that your friends are you the joker class clown is definitely not the term for it, it was, <laughs> was... i'm showing my, my age now I'm showing my age. <laughs> i wasn't the class clown but um i did like to throw in a little two pence or have a little joke here and there mm. and do you have any uh comedy heroes that you look up to oh yeah man there's so many like uh, you've got eddie murphy you have um Damon Waynes, you have Steve mm-hmm. Harvey, you have um Dior Hewley, there's so many, Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Too many people, too many, man. It seems like the same names keep cropping up, but you can just it's testament to the work that they have laid down for like generations literally to come and kind of build upon. Um hundred percent. Yeah. So we hear that you're working on a show at the moment. Are you able to tell us a little bit more about it? Oh, so um, there's Yanga, actually, mm-hmm. where I met Adam. <laughs> yes. He, uh, They hit up my friend for a show called Number Six. Okay. Um, it's just a talk show. It's going to be like uh, the, <laughs> the male version of Loose Women. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, love that. Where we're just, we're just going to be talking about certain topics, um, relevant topics for people to... Um, they're just going to be, just be joking about, bantering about, and also obviously be talking seriously about as well. Yeah. And when will we be able to watch that and where? Um, details will be with us soon. Even I don't know. So uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We'll just have to look minute, out for it. <laughs> exactly. The minute I'll know, I'll let everyone else know. Um, well, I guess we'll have to look out for it on your socials. Do you want to share with us what your social media handles are? Yes. So... Uh, it is Dino Mac93 on Instagram and also mm-hmm. on Twitter, and uh, I do have a Facebook page where I'll be posting co- uh, comedy content as well, which is Dean Asamboa. So obviously we're here to celebrate all things black cinema, and you chose the iconic Eddie Murphy Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd. Yes. Why did you pick Trading Places? Do you know what it is? It's just like I don't think I don't think that that film gets enough credit that mm. it deserves. And um, Eddie Murphy just owned the 80s. And that was one of the, that, that film he really was did. massive for me. Honestly, like you think about the films that he'd done, he really owned it. And Trading Places is one of my favourite films. I love it to, like, to the max, honestly. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't seen it, um, Eddie plays a character called Billy Ray Valentine, who trades places with a banker, uh, Dan Aykroyd's character. Um, and then they find out they've been manipulated and played by the, these mean guys. Um, and they decide to team up and get revenge on, on them um, with the help of Jamie Lee Curtis and a few other characters in there. Yeah. What is it about, did you like that swapping of characters and experiencing the you know each other's lives 
you know what it is for me? I, obviously, when you're a kid, you know, you watch these things and you just find it funny. Yeah. But I, I've watched it so many times, I have such a deep analysis of it. <laughs> like, mm. Yeah, watching it like as the, an adult is a lot different to when you're just a oh, kid and it comes on at Christmas and you're just like, oh, it's Eddie Murphy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So mm. like, even watching it now, I'm like, he, like Eddie Murphy is so smart with his movies. He shows like the ignorance and how you can never judge people. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Because the two rich brothers, obviously, they judged him, yeah. thinking he was just any guy off the street. Mm. And then he turned out like he knew a lot more than what they thought he knew. Yes. They judged you know a book by, by the cover. And, and I think exactly. that's the storyline in it. But also what I found quite frustrating is that even when he kind of proved them wrong and one of the brothers won the bet, um, they still didn't care. So it, it felt like it doesn't matter whether you can or can't people have already made their decision about you and mm. the judge- judgment is done at that it's point. true though mm. it's true because even you see it in the beginning when um he's in he's in the courthouse thing and that's when they first take him into prison yeah and he's like the, the guy's like you're you're from a broke background it's like yeah we were broke so what you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. it's like oh <laughs> yeah. and then he gets arrested and taken away and it's like that guy comes from a poor background it's like there's something wrong with him of course yeah. there's something wrong with him. He's a Negro. And he's like, what? what? Like, what? He's a Negro in that film. Oh, Do you know man. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But that's, um, what, that's, that's what I love about him, man. But what I do love as well, that they, the words are not, like the N-word is not just used aimlessly in it. It's used to really emphasise that this is part of these people's vocabulary and this is how they see you. And yeah, times may be moving forward, but in this circle is, is the absolute norm. Um, even like when Dan Aykroyd's character wakes up at home finally towards the end and he's like, oh, I was dreaming. But his first initial reaction is that, you know, like yeah. it's this Negro's fault that this is happening. Yeah. He was like, you, didn't, you literally could use any other word in the world than that one. It's true. And that's why I say, that's why I said Eddie Murphy's so smart. And I guess obviously it was, Comedy was a lot different back then as well, so you know you can mm-hmm. get away with saying certain things. But oh, just, the PC uh, police would not allow this film to run right now. One hundred percent, they wouldn't have. One hundred percent, man. And that's I said, it shows like the ignorance of how people think, the stereotypes mm. of how people think as well. He's it mm. it, an absolute genius, absolute genius with it, man. Yeah, it's set at Christmas time, even though people forget that this is like technically a Christmas movie. Um, mm. Do you think it's kind of the best black-led Christmas movie? It's a close one because uh, as well as watching Trading Places, I watched uh, Friday After Next at Christmas as well. Ah, okay. Okay. It's a toss-up between them two for me, but it's definitely up there. But I don't think a lot of people will ever watch it as a Christmas film. No. I do personally. Yeah, it comes on literally between that Christmas break period every time. There is also like Lethal Weapon. I I don't class that as a Christmas film. I know, but it's like Die Hard as well, that people don't, like it's not technically a Christmas, but it's a Christmas film. I I don't don't watch Die Hard especially. I'm not a big Bruce Willis fan. I watch some of his movies, but like I don't. For that to be a Christmas film, come on, man. And now I need to ask why. Why are you not a Bruce Willis fan? I don't know. Do you know what it is? I, I watch his movies, but I'm, I won't, I won't, he's not like the main actor I would watch. Unless it's yeah. Like, yeah that's, that's all it is, really. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
Mm. I can't talk myself. Obviously, I'm not there. I'm not in Hollywood. No, no, I love. I love it when people are <laughs> against the grain because I, that's me often, and like I upset people mm. by saying some wild things sometimes in terms of like just because everybody likes them doesn't mean I have to. It's not by force. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's you're entitled to have an opinion. <laughs> It's totally fine. Um, one of the things I do love about Trading Places is how you've got Eddie Murphy's character that kind of defies the stereotypes that have been set upon him. I do think they should have done a bit more layering when it comes to like him being a bum, a street hustler, to now speaking proper, dressing properly, and like you know that transformation. Like it just felt it's like transition. yeah, it just felt a bit like. I put on a suit and now I'm just speaking proper and everything is the trims on point. Like everything is just sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I think that's also part of the beauty of it because back then not a lot of people were asking for so so much in depth and yes, so much uh, yes. of a story. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is very true. And I also love Jamie Lee Curtis's character, who. <laughs> Um, it's kind of like a mini feminist character. Like it's not, they haven't really laid up her character and given her a lot of depth. However, you know, her displaying her lovely boobs um, seemed to be a, an act of defiance a little bit. Um, a bit like I'm comfortable, this is my body. Um, she, never, she never gives it up, although she's a prostitute. Um, it's not by force that then Dan Aykroyd's character is going to get any. And she says, you know, you'll have to earn it. So I did like how there it was a weird kind of romance for them too as well as a side. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely. Even like you said, even with her profession, mm -hmm. she, she was she was very smart as well. You see that she had a saving. Yeah, yeah. As well, you know what I'm saying? She she it's not something. It's not a career path for her, but she knows she has to make money to earn her way through life. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And even yeah. like when Dan Aykroyd's like Ophelia, he's like, no, this ain't Shakespeare. This is more like this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's nip that in the bud ASAP. <laughs> yeah, and and also although there is that kind of nudity, it's very secondary to the to the scene itself. It's never kind of overtly sexualized or anything like that. And it's just like if you know two blokes were changing in you know in the locker room, it just felt very. I'm now changing. I'm gonna go have a shower. Not I'm yeah. using you, which was quite nice because usually films in the 80s and 90s as soon as like a little nipple is being shown um it's just overly sexualized so yeah 100 percent. i agree with you 100 percent. did you have any standout scenes for eddie murphy in training uh, there's there's so even for, like from beginning to end like when he pretends to be blind he's like that <laughs> yeah. is so hilarious well, this is like, like, i was in sandbag bang kong i was all over the <laughs> motherfucker and then they pick him up and he's like, I can see, I can see, oh, I have legs. I I honestly love that scene. It's one of my favourites. <laughs> Literally one honestly. of my favourite things. <laughs> and then you have it when you go into the, when he goes into the courthouse and he's like, oh, what do you call it? Um, I'll probably, probably been stealing before he could crawl. And it's like, <laughs> what perception do they have of our people? Like, what's going on? It's so bad. Like, but it's <laughs> honest though. Like, that's the... Yeah. And that's a bit rich coming from them. Like, it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay. I've got an Africa pendant on for that. Like, <laughs> like literally, if we're going to go by history, I'm going to be accusing who of being the thieves. But okay, we'll just, um, I think that's one of the biggest tricks um, the West has played. <laughs> on the 100%, 100%, man. 
Just it's just like, how have we got stuck with this stigma? How does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, and you started it, do you know what I'm you, saying? Like, literally, <laughs> the template laid it out for everyone to follow oh, through. Man. So, it's a little bit frustrating. Like, yeah, definitely. And they said, even after that, you know when he goes to prison? Mm. And he does, I, it's called the quarter blur technique. You do that, quarter blur, drop out your opponent. It's like, <laughs> what kind of... Yeah. Honestly, like I said, I always say, I don't know how these guys kept a straight face because filming with Eddie Murphy, I would know it was hilarious. Every scene, every scene. Yeah. And I bet he's the sort of person, like, you'll be given a line or whatever, and he will just, like, remix it and make it, like, ten times better. And he's just, he's able to really bring his, I don't know, his, like, pizzazz to every character he ever plays. 100%. I know what you mean. Like, he could just freestyle on the spot and you just... It would just feel natural. It won't feel forced. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, I and, don't know what you mean. Yeah, and it's interesting because he did... Um, him and Dan Aykroyd were supposed to... Well, Dan Aykroyd wanted him to be part of Ghostbusters. But obviously by that point, when Ghostbusters came out, Eddie was just like the, the biggest thing since I spread. Mm. It's like they were unable to and he was like super busy. But like, I really love the chemistry between Dan and Eddie. And I wish that they had done more films together. Would you have liked to see that? Yeah, it would have been great. And it's the same saying, like, when you look at it in hindsight, they kind of set a staple point, like, mm. in terms of, like, black and white actors, like, mm. male actors as well, because before then you had Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Yeah. But then you didn't really have m- many after that until, like, Rush Hour with Chris Tucker and um, Jackie Chan. It's funny you mentioned Richard Pryor because apparently it was supposed to be him and I forgot the other, char- the other actor's name, but playing Trading Places. Um, I never knew that. Yeah, exactly. So, which would have been just as fantastic. And, you know, Eddie Murphy always talks about how much he, you know, looks up to Richard Pryor and he's a hero. So it would make sense as well. And I can completely see that. Talking about the other duo, he was in 48 Hours, and which was made before Trading Places. But they put that on the burner because they weren't sure how it was going to be received and only released it afterwards after Trading Places did so well. Um, and it just kind of, it's just like, it was a little bit frustrating, like reading that. I just thought that was, you've got this great performance. And then obviously, so it looks like there's a, there's a small window where Eddie's just doing like a million movies and he's like this big superstar, yeah. but um, it's kind of off the back of Trading Places. Yeah, that's saying, it's, it's like I said, like I said, it's, it's, what's so sad about that as well is the fact that when you think about it, it's not that many years ago. So it's mm. only about 30, 35 years ago. And yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? He had to, just because maybe, let's say, because he's a black actor doing so well and he's, like, outshining these other actors. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I said, he had, to, he had to put in the back burner. But, like I said, he was just, when you talk about, when people say GOAT, for him, in the 80s, he was the mm. GOAT. You, you list the film and he stands yeah. up. <laughs> like, he was untouchable. He was untouchable, honestly. And you like forget said, that it was in 1983. Like, I feel like this film's a lot later than 1983. Um, yeah, that's saying. Like, a lot of that's saying you forget. Like mm-hmm. I said, a lot, a lot of people do forget that because when you fit in the 48 hours and you fit in the Beverly Hills Cops and the trade that like, coming to America and you stand yes. up. Like, to do that all in, like, a decade. A decade, yeah. It's incredible. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, he really put in a shift. And, uh, right, that. And anyone that doesn't, you know show admiration is like you're, you're just a hater basically definitely 100 percent. because look <laughs> how many like even after him how many other like comedians he paved the way for yeah you know what i'm saying that like, he would have wanted to do stand up and he wanted to do tv and all that other mm. stuff you know what i'm saying 
and where he started off like you know SNL and still becoming this like mega superstar from that um, I think he's the only black actor comedian to do that and to make that transition so successfully and then bring in every single person that you could think of <laughs> um, without a doubt yeah without um, a doubt like even if, if, if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have a uh, Chris Rock yeah yeah exactly so and obviously like saying like this is just like there's so many actors and there's so many interracial films now like Martin Lawrence and um, mm. Tim Robbins in Nothing to Lose, and you got yeah. him and Danny DeVito, and that's it. he's honestly, like I said, he's the goat. Eddie Murphy's the goat. Yeah, <laughs> definitely laid that template for the black and white um, buddy cop type. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> type movie. They're thinking, oh, this works. We can get two audiences in here and um, have a win-win. So okay. I heard you're a bit of a fan of the the baddie in this, uh, Clarence Beeks. Legendary. Legendary. He's so character. good at playing a baddie. I don't even think he's ever been, like <laughs> a good character ever. Um, no, you're right. <laughs> especially, um, is it that line on the train? What, what? I'll rip off your eyes and piss on yes. your brain. Yes, classic. It's a brilliant <laughs> line. <laughs> like, there's no need for it whatsoever. Like, <laughs> he's just savage. He don't care. He literally does not care about oh. anyone's life. Honestly, it does not like the guys are just innocently like, hey, let's check if this one's empty. He's like, hey, no. back off. No. I'll rip my trousers and piss on your brain. He's like, oh. I will kill you. <laughs> legit, legit. <laughs> Talking about that train scene, <clears throat> there's a lot happening. And I tend to forget there was a bit of blackface in that. And how do you feel uh, watching that scene now in 2021? How do you feel about it? I'm I'm not fussed about it. It was clearly for comedy. Mm-hmm. Clearly, clearly for the use of comedy. There was no there was nothing else to it. You could understand if it was an all white cast and mm-hmm. done it, then there could be a bit of controversy uh, controversy behind it. Yeah. But it was literally you could see there was just trying it was just a disguise that they were trying to do. You gotta take it with a pinch of, this one you gotta take it with a pinch of salt because there was no offense behind it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you watch the whole film, you know what they're trying to do, you know yeah. what they're trying to achieve. So there's nothing to take offence by with it. Mm. I, I agree with you. I, I wasn't offended because it was within the context of what they are doing, like he's playing a character. Um, and also everyone in that carriage, apart from the baddie, um, Clarence's character, is playing somebody. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis's character is a Swedish, confused. <laughs> Should I say... Nah, for sure, I'm from Sweden. I'm from yeah. Sweden, and it's like, no, you're not. Um, <laughs> and then um, Eddie's always taking the piss out of Africans, like forever, just like taking the piss out of Africans. Doing <laughs> terrible terrible African African accent. Oh, the worst. <laughs> the worst. Um, <sighs> so it's almost like, you know, if we get mad at that, we have to get mad at everything. And so, exactly. and then the Irish guy as well, you know, being an alcoholic uh, priest, it's like, yeah. oh, God, this is... <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> Everyone is not safe in this. Um, yeah, so I think within context of that scene, it's just an absolute mistake to not take it so serious. It's like it's fine. It's just yeah. taking account of everyone. And one hundred percent. It's like saying that like nowadays that like people want comedy to be the way it was, but the fact that, the fact of the matter is because of the way things are now, unfortunately. Mm. Comedy can never be the same as it was back then because so many people have such an opinion yeah. and complain about way too many things. And I think the reason for that is because whenever there's an actual situation, mm. it doesn't get addressed head on. Yes. 
you know what I'm saying, loads of people interfere with their me too and their opinions. When it's like, if you address real situations head on, whether it's racism and sexism and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have this problem of like everyone being so sensitive. Do you know what I'm saying? But also I think people um, automatically feel like they're getting attacked. And it's like, if I'm talking about an experience or stuff that's happened, you shouldn't feel offended or feel like you're being attacked if you do not think like that or feel like that. So I feel like you're kind of, <laughs> you're exposing yourself. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you do you know what I'm saying? Because if, that, if that's the case scenario, if like the way people are complaining nowadays, the amount of music you would have to cancel, the amount of movies you would have to cancel is mm. unbelievable. Yeah, because straight off the jump, they he Eddie uses the F word um, referring to... Um, I can't remember who it was trying to jump in and then obviously the Duke brothers use the n-word um in various terms but also it's the lead up to that you know when mm-hmm. they ask one of them asked the other one like what you're going to leave our family business in a negro's hands and it was like yeah. of course not and it was so important for them to use that word because it really like summarized how they truly felt and how yeah. they saw Eddie, regardless of all the smiling and charming and all of that stuff. And it's exactly. funny because it came from Randolph, the so-called good cop. Um, yeah. And that hurt. So when he said that, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's true because you see Eddie Murphy's eyes, he's like, yeah. like, even he was shocked. Yeah. But even touching on that, even like way before, earlier in the film, when he first, when he first took Eddie in and he's singing in the, in the bathtub, Yes. They're like, what's he doing? And he's like, they're very musical people. Oh, <laughs> that, like, don't let that go over your head. Like, it was yeah. just the sh- The thing is, it's like, it's the they. You know, yeah. It was like the they, they're so very musical people. And then that's so laid as well, because obviously, you know, the history of African-Americans and the use of music and slavery mm-hmm. and how that helped, you know, us through hard times. It was yeah. just like, Oh, yeah, it's like, like I said, who are they? Like, why are we <laughs> musical people? Like, what? Yeah, that that hurt. That hurt. I'm not. <laughs> and so, yeah, when those few lines or the words are being used, um, I think it's necessary. And what I don't like with this cancel culture is certain platforms will either take that scene out. Mm-hmm. It's like it's very important and relevant to the film. You can't if you don't play that part. We're not going to quite understand the gravity of the the villains, so to speak. Do you get what I'm trying to say? We're just going to think, oh, okay, they're just some stuck up, you know, old guys. But guys, actually, yeah. they, you know, they're racist. <laughs> you exactly. know. So I I don't. Yeah, that counts. And I, 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 I know obviously so much trading places, but he also does a great callback to that in coming to America. Ah yes. When he sees them homeless on the street, and it's just yeah. like, like you know, say so he gives them the money. And you know what I'm saying? It's a nice gesture at the end because I guess it's a way of saying they've had enough punishment. They mm-hmm. they can't take that. Being poor, like he says in Trading Places, the best way you can hurt a rich person is by making them poor. Yeah. I and love that little it, cameo in Coming to America, yeah. also directed by John Landis. And um, I, I thought that was so brilliant. Like, it was just like gone full circle and like, he's a prince, you know? He's not only just rich, yeah. he's a prince in this. And it's like, you guys are the bums on the street. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he was, you know, still giving you some change. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? And it just like, it went, like you said, it went full circle. It's like, you can't, you're not used to this life. So just go back, do what you're doing. Hopefully, you've learned a lesson. Yes, hopefully. Life. But I think 
part of the moral of that story is that they haven't. If that makes any, I, I just don't feel like those sort of people learn from that. Nah, they won't ever change. They won't ever change. <laughs> they won't ever they ever just think that the world's done them wrong, and you know it's really That's unfair. It. Yeah, because it's like with with Dan Aykroyd in Trading Places, like even you see him go to the very depths, even when he goes to um, Selly's watch. my fingers man it's like yeah are, are, are you implying that it's stolen yeah i'll give you 50 bucks for it and it's like you see like his whole world just just absolutely crashes do you know what i'm saying he yeah but he makes that transition towards the end these guys like you said randolph or mortimer mm. won't ever make that kind of transition no no and you can just because obviously they're from old money and they're from a particular time and era and they just don't understand how this um you know street hustler can kind of get one up on them and mm-hmm. I, I love that scene when they're in the the trade center and uh, eddie's with dan and they just like joke about and they just i i absolutely love that i'm i'm all about the underdog winning like i know how cheesy it can be but i'm here for that oh, of course I, say, I totally get where you're coming from like when you have that story I, like i know because it's like the most common thing to hear about the, like you know the underdog winning mm. But he portrays it again, like he played, he portrays it so well in the film because they totally underestimated him. Mm. Like they didn't know his background, they didn't know anything about him whatsoever. Yeah. Like they, they didn't even know they was gonna team up together, him and Dan. Yeah. I'm saying so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's what I like about Eddie's and Jamie's character that although they are from, because she talks a little bit about her background and she's from like a small town, but um, just because we are from these backgrounds doesn't mean we are less than. And that we can't achieve and and be of service. So I I love how that was really portrayed. Yeah, because it doesn't obviously like saying it doesn't define who you are as a person. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying like you could you can as hard as things may be, as long as you keep the faith, you can create your own path as well. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. There were so many comedic aspects in this movie. The I think one of the most talked about ones has to be on the train with the gorilla. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The house party. Yeah, there's so many. So many. Um, I, I feel like the gorilla raping the man kind of just went over <laughs> everybody's head. I feel like we need to have a discussion about this. Do you know what it is? It is such a... To be fair, the build-up to that, he did torment the gorilla. He did torment the gorilla, yes. <laughs> like, and it was karma for Clarence. It was karma yeah. for him. Like, for the whole build-up towards that, like, even when he was on the phone, he's, like, telling the woman, fuck off. It's like, <laughs> yes. yo, like, chill. <laughs> like, just tell us to back up, like, back up a bit or go away. Like, do you yeah, use the no, F word? No. Like, it's like, what? Yeah, he don't but care. Then, that's, that's his life. Like, you don't, you, don't, you don't give a damn. Yeah, like you said, it was, it was perfect karma for him because you can blatantly see he's in a plastic, like, he's in a fake gorilla costume. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's I so obvious. Like, how bad are these people? You put one gorilla in there in a cage, and you're taking out two. Surely someone would be like, "Where the hell did the other one come from?" Exactly. And the worst thing about it, his costume is so bad. His mouth doesn't move. It's just there, like, like forever. So <laughs> bad. So bad. I was like, I mean, I guess that's what it was meant to be. It was meant to be so bad that the two guys transporting the gorilla are just absolute dumb and dumber. Um, yeah. And so. Yeah, I guess it played up to that. Um, do you know the one thing I do feel for him though? Yeah, is that when they're putting him in the in the gorilla costume, the amount of duct tape they put around his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yo, he ain't breathing. <laughs> he ain't breathing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Act 
acting or no acting, that must be so hard. Like, you know, when you finish and you're taking it off, that How? must hurt your head so much. And that, yeah, that's no joke. That is no joke. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's ripping off skin. It's <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely losing some skin. So, obviously, Eddie's got, like, a mad catalogue of films to pick from. So, I wanted to do a little quick fire round with you to ask you some of your favourites of Eddie, um, since we've got so many to pick from. So, if you had to pick your favourite Eddie Murphy action movie, what would it be? Beverly Hills Cop 2. <laughs> Same! Oh, my God! <laughs> Same! Love it. <laughs> that is my like everything about that film is fantastic I think I literally can watch that film every day uh, no trust me like when I say there's certain fil- there's, there's, to be fair there's a lot of films that people can't watch with myself and my brothers yeah. we, just, we just know the lines you know what I'm saying? oh that's me yeah I'm, I'm that very annoying person but I I know everyone loves one I love one as well but I feel like two just has that like layer of gloss extra action unnecessary fight scene you know eddie at his absolute height as well yeah 100 percent. i agree with you 100 percent. yeah i'm actually so glad you said that because i i just (laughs) in love beverly hills cop too um what about your favorite eddie murphy film where he plays multiple characters uh nighty professor i agree yeah because like when when he does the reggie character and all of that it's just (laughs) <laughs> I think funny, you know? <laughs> he took it to another level I feel like he built up on from coming to America and although I do love those characters but Night Professor was just something else at that time yeah yeah I totally agree I said um, coming to America obviously it's, it's the original it's the OG one like he plays the Jewish guy he plays the barbershop guy <laughs> Randy Jackson. Only Randy Eddie Watson, could sorry. play a Jewish guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, you never, you? ever, if you didn't watch the credits, you didn't know it was him. No, I thought he played that so well. I mean, apologies to the, the Jewish community if they were, if they <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I think he did a great job. I don't know. Yeah, I, I did as well. Like I said, it took years later and I was like, that guy was played by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. What about your favourite Eddie Murphy rom-com? I mean, he hasn't done that many, but... Um... Come on, you know it has to be Boomerang. Yeah! You know it has to be Boomerang, 100%. Boomerang my film! My God. Honestly, it has to be, like, just even the actors he has in there, Martin oh. Lawrence, David Allen Greer. Uh, Halle Berry. Halle Berry, yeah, that's what I said. I can't believe I forgot her name. I literally another one that I know all the words for um so underrated I think as well it is it really is honestly like um, I was watching Amazon Prime funnily enough like last week mm. and it's just like like I said that the storyline with it the actors and actresses he has in it it's just such a brilliant film it really yeah. is I bloody love it um, what about your favourite Eddie Murphy family film? Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh, what's Daddy Daycare? Daddy Daycare. Oh, Daddy Daycare runs with my little brother. I don't know. We just used yeah. to make him watch that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I do like I do like Daddy Daycare, and um, it's just like you know, like I said, it has that. It's, it's when he's calmed down a bit now. He's got more of a family feel to it. Mm. Everyone can watch it. It's a nice little like innocent comedy. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do love the fact that that's the same guy who did Raw, you know? Like, I just yeah. love the fact that that's the same Eddie Murphy that can do Mulan and Shrek, which are, I love him in both of those movies. Um, oh, 
so good. He's like I say, absolutely, that's a he's absolute legend, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people. I think he got he he received he's received a lot of criticism because not a lot of people know that he took a back seat because his brother Charlie, God rest his soul, mm. had um, had the illness. Yeah, and that's why in the in the two thousand that's why he went quiet because he tried to push Charlie's career. Yeah, more than his. Do you know what I'm saying? So, mm. like, I think people need to not be critical of Eddie Murphy in the last like twenty years or so because he was doing something great for his brother. So you can't yeah. you can't judge him off that considering what he'd done for, for like the 80s and the 90s, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure, especially for the community. Um, mm. On that note, stand-up, favourite Eddie Murphy stand-up, Delirious or Raw? It's Raw. <laughs> it's Raw. Do you know what? It took, it took years for me because I, I listened to comedies. Back in the yeah. day, my brother used to put into CDs. Okay. And, um, like, because I'd watched it so, and listened to it so many times, when I watched Delirious, Delirious killed me. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I thought I preferred Delirious. I was like, nah, nah. Raw is definitely the better one. Raw is raw. Like, he's savage yeah. in that. <laughs> I Absolutely. love Raw. And I love the outfit, of course. You know, a little, little homage to MJ. Why not? Yeah. Yep. Um, and last but not least, what about your favourite Eddie Murphy drama? That's a good one. Oh. Can you count Coming to America as a drama? I'd say that's more of a comedy. They've you've got yeah. life. What about Dolomite is my name? Oh yeah. I can't believe I forgot about life. Yeah, life is my that's my that's my favourite. I can't believe we could because like I said he's he's done so many. I I I would say life. One hundred percent I'll say life. Yeah. Again, another 100%. underrated movie. I I just think um, you know, the collaboration. The actors in there as well. You've got Bernie Mac and he's like, What more can you ask for in life? Name's Jangalang, Jangalang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I was the only one that hears that. <laughs> Legendary. Honestly, like I said, the black cast in that as well, like like you said, it's just, it's just so many actors in there. Mm. It was just legendary. And also touching Absolutely upon legendary. a really important issue in America, incarceration and black mm-hmm. people and all of that. So Wonderly I just, conviction, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought... It's typical of Eddie to talk about something serious and make you laugh. I just thought mm-hmm. that was fantastic. Um, oh, sorry, I had one more. What is Eddie's worst movie? Do you know what? It has. I don't know where it is. Maybe it has to be one of those Disney movies. I don't know, like um, like the Haunted House one. I think Haunted Mansion. Oh or like yeah, no, that's pretty awful. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely have to say that. That's like yeah. I think because I've like, only you, watched it once and I was like, yeah, never again. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, you, how can you come off making, like you said, uh, Mulan and Shrek and Bowfinger? I think Bowfinger is another underrated film. Yes. That I've, I've Both, <laughs> it is. Like, you can't, brilliant. you know what I'm saying? You can't make enough of these classics and then, like, again, I'm like I said, obviously Steve trying. Ryan, it's like, come on, what a ledge. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> you can love him. So, like I say, you come off doing that, and you come to. I know you again. You're trying to help your brother, but that film is just dry. It's yeah. dry than toast. Right. It is. It's actually so up till now. I can't really tell you apart from that. It was about a haunted house, and it's like I didn't care. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I I didn't care. Definitely learned it. <laughs> um, and there are a few that I hadn't realized I haven't watched, like Pluto Nash. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but no, no never. Good. Same here. <laughs> well. 
I've, I've, the, one, the one film that did look interesting of his was um, when he got limited to like 10,000 words, something like that. Oh, another one. I haven't heard great things about it. Um, oh, a thousand okay. words. So, yeah, something like that. And it, that, it's like a tree of life, but it just makes him appreciate life a lot more than how I he think treats I people. I watched it while working one day. and um, yeah, yeah, you didn't rate it. You yeah. didn't rate it. You <laughs> watched it while working. That, that sentence alone. <laughs> and right? I don't do that. Like, I switch off. If I'm watching a film, I like everything. Like, I don't even look at my phone. I'm very focused. So yeah. the fact that I was that distracted, I was like, <laughs> this is quite bad, actually. Um, so if you could direct people to YouTube to watch one scene to entice them to watch um, Training Places, I don't know how they haven't watched it, but those who yeah, haven't, what scene would it be and why? Oh, do you know, there's so many scenes. I'm thinking about when he's in prison. I'm thinking about when he first jumps into the limousine. Um, I think, oh, oh, that's a good question. You put me on the spot here. Got me talking really hard <laughs> sorry, about this one. Sorry. Maybe the train scene. Mm. because it has such such an influx of characters so when it gets to that part of the film people won't be as surprised yeah or won't be so as offended sorry not as surprised but as offended yeah you know I, what i'm saying i think maybe they might be do you not think without watching the movie they might be like why on earth is dan Aykroyd in blackface yeah or you, could do the prison, or, or, or you could do the prison scene. I think the prison scene, or the scene after that when he's in the limousine. Either those two scenes. Yeah. I quite like that. the one when he's, he first goes to the house and, like, changes his attire and he starts, like, stealing the stuff because he doesn't understand, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't understand what's happened. He's like, I don't know why these white folks are just <laughs> giving me stuff. So yeah. I'm just going to take this, like, now before they change yeah. their mind. <laughs> all this belongs to you you only be stealing <laughs> from yourself it's like okay and, it, and it's like yeah 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 okay cool yeah it belongs to me, belongs to me. yeah stuff like this happens to me every single day <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly. actually you're right you're taking it taking it back i think i'll do the bar scene when he's when he goes to the bar and he comes a rich man and he's like i got your pole <laughs> yeah. measly yeah. 20 some dollars uh, yeah because yeah. I, I think uh be like what's going on here why is he stealing from himself or something and yeah 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 you, put, you definitely picked a great scene you definitely ah, picked a great scene. thank you thank you i mean I, I did have a little bit more time to think about it so it's all right <laughs> <laughs> i cheated there a little bit that's no, all right it's all right we forgive you <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. you know it's been so fun having you on and i feel like i'm just talking to a mate about one of our favorite films well vice versa i appreciate it as well i know it's been weeks i've been meaning to come on and it's just oh, like it's right i understand you have a life you have right. a life hun <laughs> it's okay <laughs> but it's been fun i really do appreciate you having me as well it's been really oh fun. you you were absolutely welcome and if you ever wanted to come on and discuss another film we would love to have you back on definitely definitely 100 percent. Uh, well you look after yourself in this crazy year and um hopefully see you soon i appreciate it, rachel